Are you following a plant-based diet? Would you say you're pretty health literate? This episode was brought to you in partnership with Health IQ, an insurance agency dedicated to rewarding the investments you make in your healthy lifestyle. Support the show and see how much your high health literacy can save you by getting a quote at healthiq.com slash no meat. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. So, Doug, you know how I uh, how I always talk about Asheville Brewing Company, right? And how I like going there to see movies. I do. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one of my favorite things in Asheville to do it's it's a brewery, one of the older breweries in Asheville, actually, and uh, they have a movie theater, a legit movie theater with real seats and table things in front of the seats, uh, and you can you can go have a nice craft beer and vegan pizza and watch a movie for three bucks. And I tend to do that sometimes, which I, this is good. I'm not a, not much of a movie guy, but it, is, it has made me a little bit more of one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other night, uh, I went out for a 10 p.m. flick myself. Whoa. I, I like know, that. Which I don't really do very much. But uh, the kids, kids were in bed. I, I, I wanted to do it with Aaron, but I said, well, you know, we're not going to get a babysitter last minute. Um, so I'm going to do this <laughs> myself. And it was to go see Free Solo. Oh, you saw you, it. You had raved about. I uh-huh. heard Rich Roll say a few nice things about it. Um, and so I got there and I've never had this happen before. Usually you just walk in, buy your $3 ticket. There was a line like to the front door of the place and the movie theater is in the way back of the place. So all these people lined up to see this thing. And, uh, I was thinking, man, this is a, this is a, you know, big, big, a lot of hype around this. So I paid my money, went in, got my beer and watched and I was kind of disappointed. Oh no. It just, it just didn't do it for me. How did it not do it for you? I what, did, what did you not like about it? Well, I think, first of all, it wasn't a bad movie. I, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I, was, I thought it was going to be really good because of you and Rich and this line of people. I thought this is this is. It won an thing. Oscar? Did it win one? I didn't even know if they had. I knew they were doing Oscar week. That's why it was even showing. Yep, yep. It won Best Documentary. Wow. Best Full-Length Documentary. Okay. Good. That's a, that's a big deal. There's, I think there's a lot of documentaries these days. That seems like a hot, yeah, uh, yeah. hot genre. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Good for it. <laughs> so then they won't be too upset when they when they hear my... Uh, your bad review. <laughs> hear my bad review. What, so, um, I, okay. Do you know so, why you don't like it? Yeah. yeah. Sort of. I was expecting to, to either be on the edge of my seat the whole time, mm-hmm. which I had heard from several people that you are, and that wasn't true at all, because it wasn't until the last, like, I don't know, seven minutes that he's actually climbing the face of the thing the el capitan capitan right right so mm-hmm. so that was that seemed to me like false advertising on the part of Astro brewing company it said it said you will be on your seat for nine edge of your seat for 90 minutes i yeah i wouldn't have said that okay good then i then i thought and this is more important i thought this is i'm gonna i need to go see this because i want to be i want to be transformed i want this i want mm. a jolt of inspiration i want to like i want this to inspire me to do something great and crazy and hard and like I think it's awesome what he did. I think it. I mean, of course, right? And it, and it's easy for me to sit back here and say, "Nah, well, not that good a movie." When he does this incredible <laughs> thing that that it risks his life for four hours, uh-huh. uh, and and all the training time, obviously risking his life as well, and some of that. Um, you know what? The, what what I didn't the part I think that made it impossible for me to connect with was it didn't seem like he was afraid of dying on it. Like like he mm. kind of how his girlfriend in it. Um, he sort of says a lot of things that it sort of doesn't, he doesn't really care kind of what she yeah. thinks, right? Like, I mean, he says things like, you know, if I were to, if I were to just 
die on the mountain, like, it wouldn't really matter. But if there's five people watching me there, like, you know, I don't want them to see that. And so I, I sort of, like, I had trouble relating, I guess. Like, it seemed like this awesome death-defying thing, but it felt like if you don't care about dying, then, like, it's not really that, you're not really defying anything. I get that. That's a that's a legit criticism. And if you go back and and listen to my review of it when we talked mm-hmm. about it the first time, I think I said something along the lines of how that whole storyline between him and his girlfriend was just an unneeded distraction. Oh, did you? Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, I didn't. I really didn't like the way they portrayed her and the way they like did that whole thing of, you know, her being the worried girlfriend and him being the careless climber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, it was a very interesting dynamic it just for it just took away for me from from the um, the climb itself the ability to relate to that and say wow like that's mm-hmm. an amazing thing i, w- I want to have my own thing of that because you i didn't you don't want to have your own thing of that like that was i would not want to be so obsessed with something that i didn't didn't really care about what family thought or like i don't know it, don't, it has sort of a selfish tone to it because of that yeah um, i i completely agree with you there i mean i think that probably free soloing i think everyone would agree is probably a pretty selfish thing <laughs> oh yeah right um, but you know, but for me, it was about just this, the amount of work and effort and training and discipline that went into being able to do it. Yeah. And also, you know, what I did really relate with was when he tried the first time and got halfway up or whatever and, uh-huh. and pulled the plug. Yep. Um, you know, because that showed that he was scared of dying, you know, that, that this wasn't like just a, a thrill for him, but like something he really yes. wanted to achieve. Right. 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 Um, and they said something about how important that decision was, right? That I think his his the movie crew, or maybe it was mm-hmm. the climbing partner of his. They said they felt like once he did that, it like actually gave them all this confidence in him that like he actually wasn't going to fail at this because he now had this yeah. wisdom, that, yeah, yeah. the ability to stop at that. Uh huh. I for me it was just it was it was like what came out what I how I left so inspired was just the amount of effort and the amount of discipline that it took to do that mm-hmm. because i mean even if he, even if he is like in a different level of not caring <laughs> about his <laughs> you know his family or whatever you know it's still like i you know i just it was one of the best athletic achievements i've ever seen or heard of you know yeah right um, and that and and that took a lot of hard work and that hours and hours and years on that on that route yeah right of course yep and that was pretty inspiring to me Plus, yeah. I'm like, you know, I, you and I may differ a little bit on like, I geek out on adventure films like that, you know? Yeah, there were a lot of like puffy jackets in that movie <laughs> and bearded guys and stuff. Yeah, and like, and, and, and like living in the van and... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like that, that's that's cool, man. I think that <laughs> that is really cool. <laughs> he's a vegetarian. We should have him on. Yeah, I know. I heard that. We should have him on. Uh-huh. I don't know. Now that he's now that he's, now that he's not scary. Yeah, I think I don't think he's struggling for interviews. I'd see him everywhere. Really? Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sorry to hear you uh, were a little disappointed. <laughs> at, at, again, not in the movie. It was it was in, my expectation was was too high. I didn't expect to not relate to him. I I thought I was gonna just I don't know. I thought it was like I said. I thought it was gonna make me just want to find my thing, but I I didn't at all. So it was mm. my it was my my. Uh, preconceived notion of what it would be yeah anyway you did something extreme yourself the second most impressive athletic feat in human history <laughs> this weekend considering the weather yeah, well maybe the 
56th because I got 55th. So, I mean, it was horrible weather. I was, was out that morning. This was actually the same day that I went out to the movie. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. I went out that, that night after this. But in the morning, it had, it was, I went out with my daughter for coffee and smoothie and, uh, it was miserable. I mean, I hated being out there, and I thought of you, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe he's doing that." <laughs> it was miserable. It was. Uh, it was like I don't know, maybe thirty-eight degrees at the start in town, and then you basically tell the nice people what you did. Tell them what. Oh yeah, so it was the, it was the Mount Mitchell Challenge, which is a forty-mile mm-hmm. ultra marathon. That, up and down um, a mountain. Up and down a mountain. So it, it it literally starts in my hometown downtown, like on the main strip, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then you run. Up the up Mount Mitchell, which is the highest mountain east of the Mississippi, so it's sixty-seven or sixty-eight hundred feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you like follow the road for a little bit, so you're in town, you're just kind of mellow on the road, and then you just start climbing, and you just climb, 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 climb all the way up. And uh, it was like thirty-eight degrees in town at the start, and maybe thirty-four degrees, and driving wind and driving freezing rain, <laughs> um, and like just brutally cold at the top at the top it was so it was so miserable you uh they they had to reroute us this year the park wouldn't let us take the trail because sections of it were closed due to the weather and stuff and mm. so so you had to take like this road most of the way up and um you you turn a, a corner like this was this was actually a- after the long trail section this is like just the last couple miles to the summit mm-hmm. um you'd like turn a corner and the wind would just, I mean, literally throw, like, freezing rain in, in your face. It, like, hurt. You had to, like, <laughs> cover your face off oh as God. you were going down. And I just, it just, it was, like, it was kind of miserable. It, um, but, you know, also quite an adventure. Like, it felt like a true adventure. Mm-hmm. And not and not every race feels that way. You know, some races are about the race, about getting it done, getting the, fin- you know, like, right. as fast as you can. This was about... Like there was a little bit of survival in there. I mean, I got right. I got so cold because I just got soaking wet, and I got so cold at one point that like I couldn't zip up my zipper. My hands were like too numb, and and I was like, I just got to get down off this mountain. <laughs> I got to get off this mountain, <laughs> you know. And like that was a that was a real driving force for me to keep running and to keep running hard because I I knew that as as soon as I got down like a little lower in, in altitude and um, into the woods a little deeper, then I could warm up. And mm-hmm. I and I was able to for the most part, but um, yeah, it was definitely like survival instincts popping mm. in. Wow. People people definitely dropping out, getting rescued, not rescued, but like <laughs> driven off. Right, and snowmobiles. Yeah, <laughs> and like four wheelers and stuff. But I mean, it, it was wild, man. It was it was wild. It was Good. so wet that there were sections of the trail that, like, for maybe a quarter mile or more, you were running through ankle deep water, like just oh. flo- flowing river. Jeez. Yeah, it was wow. nuts. Well, but, good for you. How how the time compared to your previous times? Have you have you done many like straight up forty miles up this this race where it wasn't rerouted or something different? Every year I've done it um, has been a reroute of the real of the true route, which seems to be the norm these days. Unfortunately, I think the park oh. is getting stricter on oh. what they allow us to do. But um, I have done this exact route one other time, and mm-hmm. this year was about four minutes slower than that. Okay. That wasn't actually the first time I ran it, and you came out and cheered me on. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was, was a much nicer day than, than much today. nicer day. Yeah, um, and then it was within like thirty seconds of last year's route, which which included more trail. Okay, um, so it was definitely slower, and I, and I think that most of that was the water, like right. just you right. know having to in the mud. 
but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it, it felt good. I, I, you know, I guess the, like the most important thing was that I felt really good about the race that I ran it. Um, uh-huh. and you know, didn't have any major low points or bonks or anything like that. It was a last year it was really hot and the conditions were really good. Mm-hmm. And I, but I finished the race just feeling totally depleted. I even came home cause it was a training run for a hellbender, just like the hundred miler, just mm-hmm. like it is for me this year. And I came home and I sat down on the couch. I was like, Katie, I'm going to drop out of hellbender. I just, there's no yeah. way I can't, <laughs> there's no way I can do that. Right. And this year I came home like psyched for the rest of the training. So hmm. yeah. Good. Well, I'm think I think, uh, you know, it's probably a good thing, right? That it was so miserable. That's just good training. Good training mm. for your for your mind. Yeah, definitely. Callous mind. Definitely. Although it's funny you say that you were thinking of me and how much you how miserable it must be because I was actually thinking of you and I was oh, yeah? thinking, yeah, yeah. You didn't know I was sitting on top of the double decker bus, uh, that <laughs> double D diner place, and having a couple of coffee. Oh, and smoothie, right? <laughs> oh that, that's fun. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I was uh, I was thinking. About you running ultra marathons, and I was thinking about how much you would hate this, <laughs> and and but but how yeah. much I want you to to run more runs, more races. It's just like yeah. a luck of the draw, like with weather. You know, it's just like some days it's great, and other days yeah. it's really crappy, and you have to deal with yeah, it. But even if it's great, it's still pretty crappy. <laughs> I haven't run that far. I mean, it just is. I I like it. I don't. I don't think I'm ever going to be back running a whole lot of them. But I don't know. We'll see. I'd still like to knock another one or two up. Yeah, and I I think you will. I got faith. <laughs> Good. <laughs> anyway, on to real topics. Real topics. Our real topic today is movie reviews and and <laughs> yeah. and race reports aren't. That's right. No, they're pretty good, but but no. Today we're talking yeah. about food, and uh, we we've talked around this topic a lot. We've maybe mentioned it many times, but we've never done an episode about it. Nor, I mean, I wrote a blog post about it last week and only had written one blog post about it ever. And really? that is the grain, the green, and the bean, which uh, you should know as as a, a healthy meal option, <laughs> which you may know as, as my claim to fame, one of, one of the <laughs> two phrases that I've invented in my lifetime that have, have endured and, uh, you know, are, are, are my, my legacy, really. <laughs> I want to... You, you didn't really go into... Um, you talk about this a little bit in the post, but you don't talk about your history of like how you discovered it or how you came <laughs> up with it. <laughs> what were you just, were you just like early on in the blog days? You're like, Hmm, if I add a grain, a green and a bean, oh, it rhymes. <laughs> I think I, I think I felt that I needed a catchphrase. I needed a signature mm. phrase to have that would, you know, forever be just synonymous with no meat athlete. Uh, so I, set to work and brainstormed and put in a lot of hours and finally came up with it yeah is that true <laughs> no no yeah, that's not true i uh i was re- i was just reviewing a uh, not review i was writing a terry walter's recipe from her book i think it was clean start she wrote the mm-hmm. book Cle- clean food is my favorite book of hers by the way and it is a really good book uh just a cookbook but anyway i was i was writing a recipe and i think i guess it occurred to me that you know it had had a grains greens and beans in it and i thought well that therefore makes this good and then I said, we need to, we need to call that something. We need to have a, have a name for it. So that was it. <laughs> and then I made it rhyme. And that was it. Uh-huh. It's not really that big of a contribution. That's all a joke. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm happy to have... I'm happy... It, it's interesting to me that people have actually grasped onto that. And there are actually a lot of blog posts and things 
uh, about the idea now. And it's, many of them do mention Nomad Athlete. Not that many, but a few. The, the ones that were written in like 2013, shortly after, or a year or two after I had written that blog post, uh, they like they credit Nomad Athlete with it. But now, now that's all forgotten. Anybody who mentions it now, it's just, just, just another phrase. Even even uh, Trader Joe's has a <laughs> has a green. Yeah, I thought there was just green green bean. It actually was grains. I think it's grains, beans, and grains, or something like that. I don't know why they would mess up the rhyme, but maybe because they didn't want to put a little carrot running carrot logo on their box. <laughs> they yeah. had to change it. Man, we should we should have partnered with them. I know we missed missed that boat. <laughs> Although I think it's discontinued, so it must not have been that successful. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Good thing we didn't partner with them. But maybe had it had it rhymed. <laughs> right, I know. And had uh, they had our promotional power behind it. That's right. That's right. Anyway, <laughs> this is all silly stuff. That uh, none of this really matters. But what does matter is the actual <laughs> meal. It's actually a really good formula. And and what I like about it, like I mean, it's kind of obvious. It's not. Uh, it's not like it takes any rocket scientist to like say this is a this is a good meal to have. But what's really nice about it is that I have this issue, and I used to have this a lot more than I do now, of looking at cookbooks on my shelf and having 20 of them or 40 of them or however many there are and knowing that each one of them has 300 recipes and thinking what are we going to cook for dinner tonight and, and you just can't think of anything there's just too many things that you might make for dinner and so what has helped me a lot is to add a constraint and in the blog post i mentioned this the dr seuss story where he wrote he first wrote a book with 100 words i think uh, i forget which book that was maybe cat in the hat and it was super popular and someone challenged him to write one with 50 words and he did that and that's how he wrote green eggs and ham which i think became even more popular but the point is when you actually constrain yourself and a lot of artists and actually the guy who i got this story from austin cleon from the book steel like an artist uh his medium is like he clips newspaper articles or parts of articles or you know parts of pages that might have several articles in it and then he sharpie blacks out blacks out the bulk of the words in the article and leaves behind only a few words that make some nice little one-line poem or something hmm. and that was and that was his art form and i wonder if that's why my daughter only likes to paint with purple that might be she She's might be constraining herself strategy that's yeah, probably, has uh -huh. she read steel like an artist it, maybe yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know what she does in that crib <laughs> well night. you never know that might be her thing <laughs> uh another good exa example is hugh mcleod who is a guy who writes he does little business card art with like a pen and back of business cards and, mm. and yes i think we have only a little tiny bit of space and it's sort of interesting because now you can only do a certain number of things and suddenly the ideas begin flowing because when you just have a total you know blank empty canvas or blank page it's just very easy to get caught up in like what you know when there's so many choices it's so easy to worry about failing or just feeling overwhelmed not knowing where to start so anyway that's that's a nice sidebar but the point is you can do things like look in your refrigerator and notice that you have zucchini or carrots or something that you have too much of and this happens a lot in the summer when you get the those boxes the csa thing uh and if you have 10 eggplants that you have to use up <laughs> it's pretty easy to figure out what you're gonna cook tonight because you just think about eggplant recipes mm -hmm. and then you're you you know you're constrained and you find one so what? you're talking like you're talking like csas are a bad thing <laughs> no, I think like, they're oh, I hate those boxes, those stupid box things. You, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research and find find a point of view to take uh, and an argument for why they're bad. <laughs> Maybe I can. Maybe they support terrorism or something. Oh no! 
You don't think so? No, they're bad for the environment. So. No, they're not no? bad for the No, they're great for the environment. All the food waste. Think of how many people have 10 eggplants and don't use them up. Oh, but think about... Maybe. The, <laughs> but How about the cardboard, Doug? Yeah, you return it back and you oh, get you a do. new bike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the yeah. fact that they should use plastic. <laughs> oh or wood we should chop down trees for the next boxes uh, yeah okay so so many ways you could go with making <laughs> no, wrong. Zero, zero ways there are zero ways here anyway lots anyway. of eggplants yes um but so green and green bean basically like makes it for me when i am not sure what to make i will think okay what can i do there because what's nice about that is it's usually very simple oftentimes takes only one pot you almost always have a bean some sort of grain greens may or may not have but you should and if you don't then it's okay you could still skip it but at least then you have your beans and rice or your lentils and rice or quinoa with white beans and i don't know some sort of primavera quinoa thing um but at least you uh, uh, when you start thinking in this framework then the greens when they're missing you actually notice that they're missing you may not do anything about it but at least you notice. And I, I think greens are such an important... I mean, everyone thinks greens are such an important food as far as nutrient density goes. Um, but man, they are easy to not eat. Like, we do it all the time. And, and I'm, I'm, I have a high health literacy. And I still forget <laughs> beans all the time. Uh, I don't know if people know that yet. We won't have run the ad yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah. stay tuned. Um, I think... So Gregor... Dr. Gregor has a good stat about greens. And I think it is that... One in 25 Americans eats, uh, I think it's 10 servings of greens or so, 12 servings of greens in a month. Oof. And he recommends that you eat that much in a week. And so one out of 25 is doing a quarter of the amount he recommends. Mm. I mean, that's, that's horrendous. So, I, you know, we can all eat, eat more greens. And Wait, one, one way to out, do it. One out of 25? One out of five. No, one out of 25 eats eats the proper amount in a month oh, oh, that he oh, says oh, to eat in a week. the proper amount. Yeah, okay. Not even the proper amount. The amount that he says to eat in a week. One out of 25 will eat that in a month. Oh, and everyone else eats worse than that? Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Like, I mean, bad. greens should be... Yeah, we should eat <laughs> greens every day. They're so healthy. We should eat several servings a day. But most people just... I mean, the vast, vast majority of people don't touch greens. They don't just don't have any. Mm-hmm. Right? They just don't show up because they don't like them. So... I don't know. I mean, you have to make effort to put greens in. But so green, green, and bean, what's nice about it is if you're making a stew, and by the way, stews very often do fall under this category if you add in uh, a greens at the end and just stir it in, wilt the spinach or the kale or whatever during the last five or ten minutes, uh, or even less if it's spinach, and then suddenly you've added greens to your to your food. And another way to do it, of course, is just have a salad all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. And if, I have, if I'm trying to think in this framework and I don't have an easy way to do it or don't have anything but lettuce, then I'll just have the salad as part of dinner and feel like I'm achieving it. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, like I said, nothing mind blowing with the green, green bean idea, but I do think that it is such a nice, tiny or nothing, very, very simple little framework that does so much good uh, in helping you eat healthily and figuring out what to eat. It's also like, I think when people think of green, green bean, they think of that, you know, bowl of mush that people put on Instagram Mm -hmm. uh, and say what vegans eat. But it it can be so many other things, and that's actually what the blog post was. Um, mm-hmm. What what's your the L of blog post? Doug? Was it was nomadathlete.com slash ggb dash revisited? Revisited, yes. So but Google if you that, just, yeah, mm-hmm. or if go to just, the homepage. Yeah, go to the homepage. Yeah. 
um, for for the next few weeks. Yeah. No, but see, this was the, I think the problem. See, I I don't know if we were working together at this point or probably not when you came up with green green bean. Um, but I mm-hmm. remember I remember reading about it. I remember reading your post. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember trying to implement it. And what kept happening was I was just making bowls with like rice, uh, maybe white or maybe brown. You know, often t- oftentimes they were like. Uh, you know, Southwest inspired, Mexican inspired. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they weren't, but you know, but I just kept like falling into this like trap of of a bowl of like rice and a bean and some vegetables with you know with kale in it, and um, with nothing wrong with that for right for of course one meal or all your meals if you can if you like it. I mean, it's great. No, it's, it's super healthy and, and great. But but that's uh, that's not. It, what what your framework here is goes way beyond that, right? Yeah, because that's boring. I mean, and like certain people can eat that way and just do it over and over, but I don't think that many can, or if they do, it just doesn't, I don't know. After a month of that stuff, it just, I think you just want other food. Uh, and then maybe then you're likely to go out to Taco Bell or something because you're tired of eating that stuff. Well, you wouldn't go to Taco Bell if you were tired of eating your Mexican bowls. <laughs> you'd, go, you'd go to McDonald's or something. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the, um, the other, the other option, I mean, just this was what the post was about. Green, green bean can be stir-fry, because don't forget tofu and tempeh are, are mm-hmm. beans. And I think I've said this before in this podcast, but Dr. Greger, who I'm a big fan of, as you can probably tell, uh, he says the tofu is about half as healthy as beans, about half the micronutrition, fiber, and things of full-on beans. Uh, but beans are such a good food that tofu is, you know, by extension, considered a good food, worth having, because it's half as good as a food that is so, so good. So, do you know? Do you know what? Why that is? Like, is that half as good as if you were to eat soybeans, like straight up soybeans? Yeah. Well, what's wrong? Yeah, you're saying soybeans are bad. No, no. I'm saying, like, why is tofu less healthy than the regular bean? I I think it's because it's missing a lot of the fiber. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a very simple processing process right. that happens to make tofu, but I do think you lose a lot of the fiber. Um, that's my guess. I don't know if you lose much of the outside of the bean juice i'm guessing that skin is right. the healthiest uh so i don't know that answer but anyway um so stir fry you know very easy to do box fry. by the way i always include cruciferous vegetables when i say greens i don't just mean leafy greens um cruciferous vegetables or really any green vegetable like i'm counting as greens because like <laughs> we just don't eat enough so like anything green is good i like that um, broccoli bok choy yes that's yeah. and then rice rice noodles brown rice quinoa whatever uh, tacos, another great example with the Mexican thing. People don't think of this that much, but you can do black beans or lentils or tempeh. Uh, I, in fact, I had barbecue tempeh tacos the other night. One of my favorite tacos. Mm. Uh, you get the corn or whole wheat tortillas. You have whatever greens or cabbage you want to put on there. So there's your grain, green bean. Super stew, I already mentioned that. It's quite easy to, to make grains and beans in a stew, and then you just stir in the greens. Uh, I have a hearty chickpea pasta soup recipe that I love from the original Nomi Dathi book. Uh, curry dishes, we mentioned beans and rice. We haven't mentioned beans and rice, but that's one. Curry is sort of just a variation of that. You use, use lentils or even a regular bean, like chickpeas, and use curry flavors. I just think of that as a little bit different from beans and rice because I think of beans and rice typically as being more Mexican or, or South American, Central American flavored. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of pasta dishes. Very, very many authentic traditional italian recipes use beans and pasta together very cheap ingredients we talk about peasant food often uh by trying trying to offend as many peasants as possible when we use that (laughs) 
phrase. Uh, I wouldn't say we talk about it often. We talked about it a couple, maybe twice. I refer to it often. I love that idea. I really do. And not mm-hmm. in a, I hope it's not in an offensive way. I mean, does anyone consider themselves a peasant? I hope not anymore. I don't know. I mean, I guess you, I guess you could, right? If you live in a fiefdom or something. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not listening to this podcast if the, if you do live on a fiefdom. I <laughs> guess. Uh, but anyway, pasta dishes, beans, and so beans and whole wheat pasta or some other alternative grain pasta if you want. Uh, I like good old whole wheat pasta myself. But do that and then add some arugula or oftentimes I will just make good old red sauce pasta and you can blend some chickpeas into the sauce, which is one of my favorite tips for getting kids to eat chickpeas. My kids eat chickpeas because my son does not like them at all uh and then just uh, just stir in or add on top some steamed kale and now the kids won't eat that but uh it, it if you're an adult and you don't mind eating healthy food then there you go um just a few more hummus and holy crackers and cabbage I've, I've we've talked before about this idea of having like not having to worry not thinking about a big hot traditional meal as your meal like if you have nothing to eat you could eat that you could eat the hummus crackers and cabbage or broccoli uh as your dinner and it seems weird it seems like it wouldn't be enough but there you go you're getting grain green bean uh and in a very very healthy way and you could even make a smoothie a grain green bean if you wanted i wouldn't but you certainly can the uh derek and marcella they write about putting white beans in their smoothies Mm-hmm. You could do that. Silken tofu works just fine. Silken tofu? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's some good smoothie recipes. I mean, I'm not, well, yeah. White bean smoothies are probably not good. But if you want to add silken tofu to a smoothie, <laughs> you can actually make... Don't say that. You well, might they're not. I'm, even they would admit they're not good, I'm sure. Yeah. I think they've said they have the least flavor. So that's what, if you're trying to up the calories mm, and protein in your smoothie in a whole food manner, then white beans are a great way to do it. But silken tofu would also do it. Uh, um, and I do that. I mean, not like, not regularly, but I mean, I don't know, once a month or so. If we're out of bananas, out of something, because silken tofu kind of acts as a little bit of a yeah a binder, a thickener, yeah. or whatever, creamy. You ever do yeah. avocado smoothies? Mm-hmm. I used to, and then I really got out of it. I don't know what happened. Yep. I actually did one yesterday, because we oh, had yeah? a... Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Um, yeah, but the silken tofu works great. And it has, like, basically zero flavor. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, anyway, that's that's the grain green bean spiel. Oh, do one you, more thing I didn't. Put, add. Oh, sorry. Do you put you 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 put oats in a smoothie very often? I don't, but you could. I've done it before. Okay. I should, because I don't eat oats otherwise. I don't eat oatmeal, but people do say oats are very good for you. What does it but do yeah. to the smoothie? I've never done that. It it makes it a little tiny bit grainy because they don't mm-hmm. entirely grind up. Uh, I think it just thickens it. I don't know. Do you have to do you have to blend it dry first and then add the other stuff in? I don't think so. I think I when I used to do it, I, I mean, you got to have a good blender for it, but I think I just used to throw oats in there with everything else. Hmm. Maybe blending it dry would, would lessen the grittiness of your smoothie. Hmm. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. The other thing about green, green, bean, why I like it, is that if you just do a grain, a green, and a bean, that's fine. You're getting those three things. Um, but most of these things that I'm mentioning can, and I would say should, start with onion, garlic, sauteed at the beginning whether you use oil or not doesn't matter you can do it with water um and then you're adding a a serving of onions and garlic to your to your meal and possibly to your leftover meal the next day and that's a good thing because those are onion allium family uh is something that i one of my try to get every single day seven foods beans are also one of those greens are also one of those overlap sort of with cruciferous vegetables 
Um, and there are several others, but I that's that is the role green green bean plays for me. It is the dinner time component of my what I try to eat every day to get those seven foods without having to think about them too much. So if I do a good hearty green green bean recipe, typically I'm going to be getting four or five of those seven foods that I want to get every day right there in that meal. Then the smoothie in the morning, we'll get several others of them, including berries and nuts and seeds. Uh, and then lunchtime, usually when I'm kind of in normal maintenance mode, I would just try to have a big salad with greens and a nut-based dressing for lunch. And again, that, that's a meal that you can just add things to that you might be trying to get that day. Whether you're trying to get the same seven foods I do, um, which for me means like adding a little slice of turmeric to the salad, um, or if you've got something else you're trying to get. I mean, you can add that typically, whatever it is, add it to a smoothie or to a salad or to a green green bean. So I like these things because they're nice vehicles for adding whatever you're trying to get. Um, these days, though, I'm, I'm doing a little bit. I don't do the salad, big giant salad for lunch. And in fact, my greens consumption has suffered for that. I think that lunchtime salad is a really nice way to just make sure you get it. Um, but I have been typically trying to eat a bit. I've been making, as I mentioned in an earlier blog post this year, um, doing a whole bunch of like for the freezer cooking on Sundays. So like just like once or twice a month, I will make three or four different meals and freeze almost everything that I'm making. Maybe eat some of it for dinner that night and save some for the next night. But everything else just goes in the freezer. And that allows me to have a good hearty bean meal uh, when I get home from a workout in the morning or, you know, near lunchtime. So I'm trying to add, because I'm trying to just put on more muscle and trying to eat more this year, uh, as part of just wanting to get in better shape. Um, I'm eating more calorically dense foods and things like that. All right, really quick, Doug, before we go on, uh, we should hear from our sponsor. And I mean, we gotta, we got to fulfill the, the promise here that we're going to talk about health literacy. <laughs> All right, okay. let's do it. This episode of No Meat Athlete Radio is brought to you by Health IQ, the life insurance agency that advocates for vegan and health-conscious lifestyles. All right, Matt, would you say you have a high health literacy? I would say, yes, I do have a high health literacy, Doug. I read a lot of books about health and try to try to keep abreast of all the all the issues. <laughs> Good. Well, then you should have no problem answering these questions. So I'm going to do a little lightning round, yes or no questions. Yes is means that it is a healthy thing to a healthy habit. No means it is not. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Eight hours of sleep per night. Yes. Eating a whole food plant-based diet. <laughs> totally. Binge watching The Office. I'm going to say no, but I, I sometimes do it and it does add some value to my life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Running? Yes. Smoking cigs? <laughs> <laughs> no. Meditation? Yes. And then finally, all night dance parties. Uh, probably not. I don't know, man. Unless they're with friends. With friends, you know, yeah, you social can add some happiness. So that one I don't know about. Okay. All right. Well, we'll call that one a draw. I'd say you did pretty well. I'd say you had <laughs> you got a pretty good, pretty good score there. I, I agree that you you probably do have a health a good health literacy. <laughs> I mean, when I read when I say I was reading health books, that's that's what it's about. It's about those, <laughs> yeah. those types of questions. Well, Health IQ is a life insurance agency that understands the benefits of a healthy lifestyle and rewards us for are the lower risk of cancer, heart disease, and early death. And they look at things like what I was asking you about earlier. They look at how you're, how you're exercising, whether you're eating a plant-based diet, whether, the you, office? whether you're smoking. I don't know about the office. <laughs> they, they probably don't look at the office, but you know, you get the idea. Yeah. 
And they unapologetically advocate directly for health-conscious people to receive financial rewards when it comes to life insurance. Head over to healthiq.com slash no meat, all one word, to learn more on all sorts of ways you can save money on life insurance. That's healthiq.com slash no meat. Another thing, this is a big change for me. Remember, I've talked a lot about the sleep issue that I've been having. <laughs> yep. Um, if I eat a tablespoon or two tablespoons of peanut butter at night, it, it helps me sleep so much better. Interesting. Yeah, and I, it's, you know, not that scientific, but... Is that something you just discovered, or is that something you well, I knew, read somewhere? So I did a ton of just reading of blog posts and things about how to get more sleep and things you could do, and a lot of people were saying high-protein or high-fat meal at bedtime, um, which is hard, because if you eat the way I do, and most people listening to this probably do, uh, you're eating higher carbohydrate than anything else. Like, I, I probably eat 70% carbohydrate and then 15% each of protein and fat, which I think mm-hmm. is great. I like that. It's it's not the approach a lot of, like, the keto or paleo crowd takes. is different. Um, but I find that it works really well for me. So I, I like that. But it doesn't have a lot of high-protein, high-fat meals because any one high-protein, high-fat meal kind of throws that, that ratio off. Um, so I was just trying to think, what can I do? And in fact, in that Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Body, he has a little section on sleep there. And he talks about eating almonds or almond butter or something as the thing that, that most helped him, I think, with REM sleep, which is not my problem. But still, my problem is just waking up in the middle of the night. Actually, my problem is the kids who come in the bed at night. That's my real problem. <laughs> <laughs> but but we've, we've taken measures to, to uh, curtail that as well, which is promising them a full-on sleepover in our room if they can string together seven nights in a row of not coming in. Ooh. But now they're like going in our closet and stuff instead and trying to say that counts as not. So it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the real sleep issue. <laughs> but the peanut butter is helping with, uh, with my own. <laughs> so all the temperature stuff and the blankets. Yeah, and it's all just, there's this one wild card factor, which is the kid's. Mm-hmm. going in the closet or being under the bed or just random weird places to avoid getting stepped on at night. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see, Doug. Just wait. Oh, that's funny. I, and I've talked to a lot of parents, but every parent deals with this and doesn't know what to do about it. It's uh-huh. not just me. Yeah. But anyway, I, like I know a parent who set up a bed in their, ki- in their bedroom that the kids, when they come down, just go in this little separate bed. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, Which is not um, a bad idea. Anyway. But anyway... So I've been adding the peanut butter. Um, what that does for me is, it, see, if I'm trying to eat better, if I'm trying to eat more food, I can just say, I mean, the, the simplest approach is say, well, I'm going to try to have seconds and just eat till I'm really full at each meal. But that is not a very, um, ah, what's the word? I don't know. It's like, it. A way better ways of making change is like to actually change something about your environment, right? Then does it then to require yourself to summon the willpower to? And I mean, people think that's think that's funny, but like actually to eat more food when you're not hungry, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's hard to do. But if you actually design the way you're going to eat to involve more meals, and that's what I have started doing. If I just eat an extra meal earlier, right when I wake up, and if I have peanut butter or some kind of snack either, you know, before dinner, like in between lunch and dinner, uh, or better because of the sleep thing right before bed have some peanut butter uh you know it's very easy to add 500 calories in the morning and 200 calories at, at night and suddenly i've just added you know 30 percent to my caloric intake for the day so yeah. that has worked really well for me uh in the past and now as well but the sleep benefit is i don't know again it's not scientific at all but i just i'm finding 
what I what I started doing with the sleep thing, I just got so fed up with the deep sleep numbers I was getting, and I was I would have this with that aura ring, which I, I'm still quite skeptical about. Um, I would think I slept great, and then I'd wake up, and I'd have like 22 minutes of deep sleep, and I just like this is so weird. So then I said I kind of threw that out because you heard how stressed I was in that one episode that we did. Mm-hmm. Um, I said I'm not going to care about that anymore. I didn't actually throw it out because if I would throw it out, the ring would just return to me somehow because it's cursed. But <laughs> <laughs> what I did was threw out the idea of trying to care about my deep sleep. And I said, all I'm going to do is try to make myself not wake up in the middle of the night. Not have yeah. a wake up where I wake up and I can't go to back to sleep for more than, say, five or ten minutes. Um, that Because that's what ruins it. And I don't need a ring or anything else to tell me that. And I just started doing that and took away a lot of the stress around that. And I have found that the peanut butter prevents me from waking up. Or it seems to prevent. Maybe it's just all placebo or whatever. But it, for whatever reason, when I have that, I feel like I sleep so much better. That's good. Yeah, I like it. So anyway, all over the place with this episode, but uh, <laughs> well, I want to actually want to go back to something that uh, you mentioned earlier, which was your frozen meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my problem with frozen meals. Okay, I never know like what's going to be good frozen and reheated. Yeah. So what are you what are you making that you're freezing and eating throughout the week? This is a really good question because I have the same kinds of issues. Um, and one of like one of the measures I've taken is that if I'm if I have like it's nice to add greens to a red lentil curry that I make to stir in spinach near the end, nice fresh spinach, mm-hmm. and then it's good. But if you do that before you freeze it, and then you freeze this thing with the spinach in it, it somehow it just becomes so unappetizing to reheat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't do that. I just keep I keep any greens out of there. I even keep like the spices and the finishing, the things that are there for flavor, I tend to keep those out as well. And I try to just make the frozen part like really just the bare bones thing so that I can really quickly toast the spices and just add those in, which, you know, takes one more pan and no extra time because while the food is, is, you know, simmering or reheating, you can just do that. So those work really well. Um, Very often it's lentils, but sometimes it's beans. I don't even try to mix the grain in. Like I try to just serve that make that separately um so red lentils works great i mentioned that one i have a there's a like a paprika flavored lentil recipe with like french lentils has onion and garlic and things in it um that's a great one i really like i have a white bean and tomato sauce recipe that i've mentioned several times on probably on the blog but definitely in the no the new the revised nomad athlete book that came out last year uh it's in there so i don't know i mean it's just they're just bean dishes and i typically don't put the grain in like if i'm making a pasta sauce i'm not gonna make the pasta and freeze that obviously right uh but if the sauce is made then it's so fast there's to make the pasta and then put the sauce on top so yeah i think i like that i think, I think the good. trick is just simpler the better uh mm-hmm. and even even just making the bean part right with the sauce and things like that the flavor yeah um but just make that and then serve that over your grain because because you always have the grain in stock right you just it's not that you will always have the things to make a beans and a curry or a sauce in stock but if you're deliberate about it you can make that ahead of time and freeze it and it keeps you know just fine you don't even notice a difference when you make it i think that's really good advice i think that i think that the if you can again kind of restraining yourself right if you can get outside of the i have to create the whole meal and freeze the whole meal so that all i have to do is heat it up Mm -hmm. if you can get out of that mindset and into the fact like oh i have a freezer full of these different sauces yeah you know, and now, and now it a uh, forty-minute meal has turned into a ten-minute meal. Yeah, right. The other thing I've tried to do with those, I, we should maybe do a blog post about um, freezer meals. That would be a good idea, actually. I like that idea. 
not the sexiest post we could write, but uh, but would be good, I think. Would be helpful. We can make it sexy. Good. Put some pictures in there. Yeah. Take your shirt off. Me and you shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also another one of my rules is that if I am if I'm doing any sort of planning as far as food goes, then I make the plan the healthiest possible plan I can be. Right? Like save the the splurges or the indulgences for the moments when you are in that state that you want that thing and you just can't resist it. If you have the wherewithal to be cooking your meals ahead of time, don't put anything in there that's bad. So I don't ever put oil in the foods that I'm making ahead of time to freeze for later. If I really want oil when I'm cooking a certain meal, fine, I can add it. But mm. in that planning phase, don't don't put anything bad at all because you're you're you don't need that right now. You can you can make that choice later. So you make that the healthiest possible thing you can. So I so I would omit oil from anything that I'm cooking for the freezer. I like that. That's a good that's a good tip. I suppose you could do the same thing with salt too, but I don't do that. <laughs> You're salt fiend. I am. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that's that. Keep it simple for the freezer. That's my that's my goal. I like that. But that's, that's what the beans is about. Actually, that's why that's where I was going with that. That I forgot. Because um, you said you know make the sauces ahead of time, but. What I want to do with freezing stuff ahead of time is what and the reason I started doing this was because we were doing something last year which I thought was growth compared to what we used to do, which was like order takeout or you know just have nothing and really piece something together, which is okay, just not that satisfying. Um, so an improvement over that was that we were we'd go to Trader Joe's and get like frozen veggie burgers or frozen falafel, but they're not really that healthy. They're they're better than takeout because they're cheaper than takeout. They're probably healthier than that, you can imagine, but but not that much. So I started the reason I started doing this this year was I just wanted us to have other frozen foods besides the Trader Joe's stuff that we could just mm-hmm. pull out and make. The problem is if it's just sauce, it's kind of too easy to still. First of all, you still have to do too much work when when you don't feel like cooking or you don't have enough time to cook or whatever. Um, but it's also really easy to kind of make a junky meal and just put sauce on it. Whereas if you put the beans in there, and we mentioned how good beans are already in this podcast, um, and that's another food that's like, yeah, pretty, it shows up in a lot of plant-based meals, but if you're not kind of deliberately eating healthy meals, it's quite easy to miss out on beans for a few days in a row, and I've done that myself. But if I do this, and all these meals in the freezer are beans with with sauces, um, and usually with onions and garlic as well, and some other vegetable probably, then, you know, we're, we're set up for success. Then our then our meals when we have no time whatsoever and we're truly just mailing it in, they end up being some of the healthiest meals that we eat because they're they are planned to be that way. Good, uh, uh, good, I like it. Good. So we need to make a freezer post. Yeah, I, like I feel it. like I feel like every episode recently I've come out convinced that I need to do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. After the last week's episode, I told Katie after the race I'm going to start. 12 hour well, and 12 hour off intermittent fasting oh there you go which i haven't started yet but i'm going to <laughs> i'm going to do that isn't it i mean isn't that like the default 12 hour off i'm um, because you don't eat after 8 p.m do you no but i might like drink a beer or something like that Ah, okay yeah yeah True. i mean sometimes i have a little bit to eat yeah a little snack yeah you know a little apple and peanut butter <laughs> a little yeah, corn chip butter. good yeah apple yeah. and peanut butter is my like Cause you know, cause sometimes we eat really early. Like if we eat with Eliza, then we're eating at like six. Yeah, I know. And then you know, and then by like eight thirty, I'm hungry again. 
Right. Yeah, so it should be pretty easy. I mean, the fact that you need so early, like we do, right, uh, should make it pretty easy to intermittent fast. You just got to, you know what, you might start going to bed earlier. Might be good. That would be good. So you'd rather do that than fight the temptation, just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, this is great. This is good. I've got my marching order for the week. <laughs> good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'd say we've gone long enough, Doug. I think probably so. Okay. Then we will wrap it up. All right. So I'll Good. be on the cruise next week, but we're going to do an episode anyway, ahead of time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, uh, hope, the cruise, hope, hope the cruise goes well for you. Hope you have fun. Thank you. Should be fun. I'm going to bring the kids. Hey, we'll talk about it in the next episode. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about what I'm doing. Uh-huh. Then. Okay. All right. We'll do that. Okay. Good. Well, maybe, have a maybe good I'll even one. bring back the annual cruise ship. Yes, uh, I'm sure course. you will. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a All good right. one. Okay. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>